and welcome to the NDA podcast. It's always Media Thursday with Justin Pierce, the editor. Um, and Andy Oaks, the removal man, basically, tonight. <laughs> so this, we do this podcast every week and it's basically a, a quick half an hour's delve into the comings and goings in the digital media industry. Uh, we're joined today by a very special guest uh, who will be coming on in a few minutes' time, popping in for a quick chat. But Andy, what's been going on this week? Um, let's have a look at the world of B2B trade publishing. Zach Rogers is leaving Ad Exchanger. Yeah, he's going into consultancy, I think, which is a good move. He's been there for quite a while now. Obviously, Nine years. Hugely respected, knows Ad Tech inside out, so yeah, except things come from him, I think. Who does that leave as the um, unchallenged king slash queen of Ad Tech? Is it a straight fight between uh, Ronan and Laura? I think Lara would Lara. win, obviously. Yeah, Lara obviously. Beat, beat Ronan up completely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's we see journalists come and go, obviously, in, in this medium all the time. But it's a shame when someone leaves the ad tech specifically because building up knowledge in the ad tech industry takes a while. You know, someone like Zach's obviously done that. So, you know, it's interesting to see what he does next. But shall we set up the uh, Lara versus Ronan fight? We definitely will. In, maybe in a boxing ring. Okay, if you would like to sponsor the... Um, uh, that fight, uh, do get in touch. We would like to host that for you. Um, other thing which caught my eye is a great piece in the drum today, with, or earlier this week, with ridiculous numbers on it. Um, the UK out of home revenues are up 277% year on year. Yeah, I mean, the out of home industry is always fascinating, especially <laughs> at the moment. I've, I've come literally come in the last from two minutes ago from hosting one of our, one of our round tables, this time focused on. On programmatic out of home and it's we had amazing amazing guests from across you know some of the biggest agencies around and the the excitement around programmatic home is is tremendous you know budgets are they are flooding in but it's more what the medium can do in the the reinvention of a medium mm. a medium that's you know 100 years old it's just incredible to see. it is interesting i think we should probably caveat that with Year on year, nobody was spending, a year ago, probably nobody was spending anything on out of home. But the figure which I think is really interesting is 63% of the share, which uh, as opposed to uh, the whole advertising share, as opposed to a pre-pandemic share of 53%. So that's shot up. Um, and it just shows that, uh, you know what, we are digital people, we get that, but maybe that there is, you know, the, the big old out of home ads, there's a big, big place for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw, you know, obviously, you know, the ad community was hit during the pandemic, potentially harder than any other, and the other medium. But at the same time, the ability of programmatic to help campaigns flex, for instance, around the, the changing rules of, of lockdowns, you know, but that's what programmatic can do. And that's how it's, you know, digital generally, but programmatic especially is helping reinvent out of home. And it is, has, you know, it's always been one of the most the biggest branding mediums for advertisers, it can be some of the most impactful. If you look at the, some of the creative executions across when you see going around London, going in and out of London, for instance. So I just think it really is exciting time for our home. It's definitely, you know. And again, one of the interesting things I think is, again, we're talking about staying the round table, is the fact that programmatic out of home can learn from all the mistakes that programmatic uh, display or programmatic yeah. any, any has made over the last you know 10 years so that's you know they've got a sort of step up uh, i want uh, our listeners to understand i think you should, uh, we're in a slightly different place to record this we have been recording this from our our office and our, our, our cordoned off office our brand spanking new office on wardour street 
Today we're recording from essentially a small phone booth at the end of the corridor. Um, I mean, or the dedicated podcast booth, depends how you... Okay, it just feels it. a little bit like a phone box. Um, yeah. Should right. be some postcards advertising dodgy services on the window. Yeah, well, let's call it a podcast booth because you know, no one else listening can see it. So <laughs> in our brand new podcast booth, without anything dodgy on the walls, we're So we're going to be joined by another of our special guests in a minute. Uh, sort of quite interesting to talk about programmatic and obviously... He's one of the biggest people at Pragmatic. Uh, what else have we going on this week, Andy? Um, this week, this week is the, is the back to work, isn't it? Everybody's come back. Um, a fact which has taken the train lines by uh, by surprise that everyone has decided to come back to London um, and the trains aren't running, but let's put that aside. And people are starting to travel again. And our special guest, let's say who it is because we're just waiting for him to connect. It's, it's Matt Barash and he's the uh, senior SVP biz dev from industry darlings, Zeotap. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, he's one of them. So I, I say, flashing you know, becomes one of the most influential people in, in the ad tech industry. And we met him this morning, and he's come from America. It's quite, unless you're such a normal thing, it's, it's definitely not anymore. But it was interesting talking to him about business travel starting up again. Um, and, you know, the fact he was doing how many, I can't remember, lots of countries in a short space of time. He was doing three countries across Europe in the next week or so, which again used to be so normal and, and really isn't. So it's it's interesting. I, I wonder how many people are going to be getting back into the uh, the early morning standstill flights, jumping on that Eurostar to Paris, whether it, and the uh, slightly dodgy Norwegian airline flight to New York. We love the Norwegian airline flight to New York. You love the Norwegian oh, airline flight to New York, yeah. Um, whether that's something people are going to get on board with you, or has Zoom culture taken that over? Which I think would be a shame because there's a lot to be said for meeting people face to face. I know there's, I know there's climate considerations. I know there's carbon. You know, we should all be carbon neutral. But there's, there's, there is a lot to be said for jumping on a train and going to see someone. There is, and I think you know we've, we've mentioned this before on, on podcasts, even though we're only about three podcasts in, but. The industry, the advertising industry, the tech industry, it does thrive on people, meeting people. And, and that's people meeting people in different countries, meeting people in uh, different towns. People are important. And there's been, a, no matter what you say, of course, there's huge virtues of flexible working. And the pandemic has brought in some great things in terms of changing companies and bosses' views of flexible working, etc. But at the same time, there's no doubt we've definitely lost quite a lot by the lack of human interaction, goes without saying. Uh, I mean, uh, talking about human interaction, because we should mention our party, which is in the next uh, next week. Wow, it's it's next week. It's next week. Yeah. Oh, Christ. And again, that, that's the, it's going to be fantastic. Um, people were so excited about it, not just because obviously it's our party and no one's here, but again, it's bringing people back together again. We're hosting it at the in the centre of Media Soho where people used to be, and just this sense of people coming back together again is palpable in the, in the, on the streets of Soho, and something I think that the industry can't can't lose. As you say, back to the opposite is the thing at the moment, and I don't know how where it's going across across the board. Um, I think people are trialling, aren't they? I mean. Uh... It, it's interesting you see the the british based tech companies are coming back a lot of the american tech companies are not coming back the agency holding groups seem to be holding off until october we're hearing a lot of um hearing there but i mean you can see just around our office here today um i mean there's 10 in in the blue stripe office which is which is which is nice but just around the floors uh there's lots more people it feels feels like a 
a place to go. It does. I mean, the record labels are all coming back in next month, I think. Uh, so it's happening. It's coming back. And it's so important for this industry. Again, I, I want to repeat it. You know, of course, there's been so many huge benefits to the pandemic in terms of flexible work exceptions, but we need to get back to the office and we need to get yeah. back. And, and just a note back on the party. Look, let's be honest. I've been on holiday. Justin has been on holiday. Lydia, your organisers both have been on holiday. If you haven't been invited, it's not because we don't love you. It's just that genuinely we've forgotten. So if you think you should be coming to our party, and you probably should if you're one of the you probably should. hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this, um, message us, get in touch. Of course, if you don't have our details, then you probably shouldn't be coming to the party. So that's a very good point. Well, I, you know, it's a hard world. And this, I think, what was going to be fascinating over the next few weeks, if not in a couple of months, is to see how the industry starts coming back in terms of parties and events, all this sort of stuff. But again, we're so we're so not used to and anymore mm. when it was just such an important part of the industry. So I, I think, you know, we're going to start seeing this. Christmas is going to be a quite incredible time because obviously last year across the industry, Christmas didn't happen. It didn't happen anywhere, to be frank. But, you know, all the, the industry parties that are such a central part, part, of, part of, you know, life disappeared. So I think we might see a big flip back to normal come, come in November. We're having our first big flagship training lunch in November, aren't we? We are. We're going to have lunch in November at the Andaz Hotel for 180 people. Uh, that's quite a lunch. Um, quite a lunch. You'll pick it up the bill for that one. Definitely. I would pick up the bill for everything. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Uh, what else has happened this week, Andy? I mean, funny thing, I think, it is that we were talking about today and it seems less is happening than usual at the moment. I don't, I don't know why. I just think it's that, it's that time of year. There's... There's, there's still stuff happening, bits of, uh, there's still some funding announcements, there's still bits, bits of M&A activity going on, there's still someone trying to get into our podcast booth. Um, there's, there's little that's going on, but I think there's a breath, isn't there? There's a collective intake of breath before the onslaught of uh, autumn, golden quarter for the retailers. It's, it's just about to start kicking off again, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. I suppose you talk to anyone in, in the big media agencies, the spend is definitely back. Yeah. Advertisers are definitely back on board. So I think there's, you know, why it doesn't seem there's not many big, huge industry events going on uh, behind the scenes. People have never, never been busier. And that's, again, back to our conversation about sort of back to the office and thing. And talk to anyone that works in a media agency. And they've never been busier, busier mm. than they once were. And it's harder because it's all, it's all home-based. So again, every force back to the, the need to get back to the office. And at this stage, I think it's worth asking, are we now regretting our, cho our choices to record this as live as we're waiting for a guest to join us? No, definitely not. Because this is, <laughs> although this is a podcast, it's more, it's more of, a line of a radio show, I guess. We have guests popping in and out. Oh, and here, wow, that is if Press by admit. magic, <laughs> by magic, we're joined by our special guest, Matt Barash. So as he joins in, connecting to audio, the, the Zoom hell that we all live in, um, and that's a welcome. Matt, hi. What's going on, guys? How are you? We're excellent. We've just been having a chat, and weirdly reflecting on the stuff we talked about this morning, uh, back to the office, business travel, etc. And you're here from America, which 
once was normal and now it's very strange. <laughs> I think it's the new normal. I think it's always been strange. I think, uh, you know, there are lots of jokes about Florida, right? So uh, I'll hold those. I think it's great to be here. It's great to be in London. It's great to get on an airplane. It's great to sleep in a hotel. And it's great to wake up once again going, what city am I in? Oh, wait, I know where I am. Exactly. So uh, that's what uh, that, that's the beauty of having a coffee vice and uh, going around and sampling the best roasters in town. So what do you think we were talking again this morning uh, about what's going to happen now we're going back to normal? One of the things we talked about was events, Cannes, Mexico, all these flagship events where all three of us would have always been at. What's going to happen now? Say uh, next year, is Cannes Festival going to be bigger than ever? Are people going to be spending? Are you going to be there? What's the point of them anymore? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think, you know, um, that's that, that that's literally a billion dollar question, right? Because, you know, uh, that's a billion dollar bet. And I'm not sure I'm willing to make that one at this point. If you think about the crystal ball and you look at where we are today relative to where we were a year ago, I think we've made remarkable progress. I think that, you know, on last September 9th, if you had told me that I'd be sitting in London, it would take a year to get here, I would have said no way. And so can, uh, I think it's realistic. I think that there is a remarkable appetite for interpersonal connection for people to sit, to see, you know, who they're speaking with, uh, to get to reacquaint with folks in a way where, look, you know, it's nice to see you guys on a Zoom. Uh, but when I see you guys on a Zoom, it's not the same as shaking your hand, fist bumping, you know, or bumping ankles. Uh, this is a relationship-based business. And so for all of the hyperbole around automation, unless you know the person at the company you're looking to work with, partner with, sell to, you're on the outside looking in. And building those relationships is not easy via Zoom. It takes face-to-face -face time, investment, interaction to make that work. And so that's going to have to come back, like it or leave it. So Matt, you've, um, you've been with ZSAP a little while now. You've been, got your feet under the table. How's, how's it been going the last few months? You've been busy. Yeah, I think busy is, uh, you know, busy is a good way to put it. Um, you know, it's an interesting leap of faith when you're an American, you go work for a distinctly German company, Berlin-based data business, and uh, you do so at the peak or the height of a pandemic when you can't leave your, uh, your home. And so about a month ago, uh, about nine months after joining the company, I met my colleagues for the first time. Uh, it was a visceral experience. You know, I think that there's, uh, there's something to be said for uh, you know, just getting to know someone who you think you know, if that makes sense. And so it was, um, it was really a privilege, I think, to, uh, you know, to, to hop on a plane, whereas for a long time, it was just part of the job. And went to Berlin, had a great time meeting my German colleagues. Uh, the story made the front page of the Wall Street Journal, which was remarkable. Never in a million years could have asked for exposure like that. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it didn't seem like a big deal to me. Uh, but when I speak with friends of mine and peers who've changed jobs throughout the pandemic, they're clamoring to meet their, you know, their 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 day to day contacts as well. And so, you know, when you ask about Zotap, I'm sitting in London today. It's great to be with this team. Uh, we're building something that I think sits at the, you know, really the intersection of ad tech and martech. And the future of advertising and, and marketing is, you know, all about data at the center. And so as we build and as we continue to, you know, as we like to say land and expand in the sales world, uh, Europe is a great place to, to play. 
Uh, it's a very complicated market, as you guys know better than I do, right? I'm sitting here with the, uh, the, the, the distinctly New York accent on, uh, you know, I don't have the home field advantage, but, you know, I recognize the opportunity here to partner with and help companies that are trying to really future-proof their businesses um, is massive. And so we recently announced a funding round uh, this week uh, that gives us, um, I think, some interesting partnerships in terms of the investors. We've got a great group of people, actually legendary uh, industry rock stars who sit on our board, who advise the company, who've invested. And I think coming back to the earlier point about relationships being paramount, you know, that helps to open doors and that helps to give this company credibility. And that helps us to get out of the space that we're in once upon a time as a data company and become a software company. And right now we're in the midst of that transformation. So it's an exciting time. That's interesting, interesting transformation of data company to a software company, which might, you know, strike my listeners as well, surely they're one and the same things. So what, what are the challenges inherent in, in making that move? And uh, what, what does that mean for, for a company? What is a data company? What is a software company? What, what's the, you know, what are the characteristics? What's the difference? Well, you know, I think they're, they're two vastly different go-to-markets, two, two vastly different skill sets. And I think, you know, it's a leap, you know, again, it's, it, it, it's a leap and it's a change and it's, you know, radical reinvention. And so when you start to do that, uh, you have to think about some of the short-term sacrifice that you make in terms of where you prioritize, where you invest business lines that you may want to shut down. In this case, you know, we had a very strong, uh, data marketplace business that relied on third-party cookies. And with the imminent demise of third-party cookie, did it make sense to continue down that path? Uh, software and first-party data assets, it's the, the hottest, you know, hottest game in town, right? You look at some of the companies that today become, you know, I think the headline makers, uh, the infosums, the permeatives of the world and what they're doing to help to reinvent this industry and, and really take uh, the ad tech and martech space into the next chapter. Uh, we want to be part of that story. And so, you know, it involves a lot of education, market education, internal uh, investment in terms of who we hire, how we onboard people, how we get them to really kind of understand this narrative and this market and where the world is going and how we apply those principles to help solve problems that are really universal across this industry. And so whether you're a publisher, a marketer, an agency, an ad tech platform in between, uh, you're thinking about this. And our goal is to satisfy some of those requirements as best we can. Rome isn't built in a day. And so I think this industry is going to take some time to recognize what a cookie-less world is going to be, what a world is going to be where you know the, uh, the strength of signal in the app environment is going to be diminished and how addressability, measurement, attribution are all viewed as something new rather than a legacy mindset. And so in doing so, uh, that, is, um, th that, that is the place that we want to play uh, and we're going to go at it step by step. Okay, fantastic. But what have you seen? Obviously, it's a, it's a uh, bit of a strange question because it's, a, it's such a small uh, set of examples, but you know, you are here in London, you were in New York a couple of days ago, and that's quite a, a weird experience for most of our listeners. What are, you seeing, what are you seeing in terms of differences? I know it's hard, I've only been here for a day or so, in terms of differences of, of, of agencies, of, of marketers, you viewing this world, this new cookie world we're going into, what's the difference between the view set 
in the States and over here? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, my, my conversations all day every day are with companies in Europe. And so uh, while I may sit in New York, uh, the beauty of the world that we live in is that I am up super early and I can click my way through Europe uh, from, you know, my first cup of coffee to my fifth. And so, you know, this morning, that first cup was with you guys. But, uh, you know, I think what I'm seeing is that uh, there is this moment in time today where agencies are trying to really sort of look for, um, they're they're, they're looking for uh, a shift out of being a straight services business and into more of a consultancy. And so if they're looking to emulate certain major players in that world, uh, I think the mindset shifts. Um, As the mindset shifts, the talent pool shifts, as the talent pool shifts, the communication with partners shift. And so I think the difference between, and again, I've, I've held global roles, um, you know, the US, I think in some respects uh, lags behind Europe when it comes to things like concerns around privacy, when it comes to, you know, legislation, for example, right? GDPR happened here first, CCPA happened, you know, shortly thereafter. Um, I think that there's, uh, you know, there are areas around compliance and really having this consumer first mindset in Europe where the sensitivity is higher and greater. Uh, I think that could potentially shift and be a a shift in balance um, where the US could very quickly uh, adopt some legislation and big tech could be effective radically, right? I think that there are whispers around antitrust and what that might be. Um, at the end of the day, the conversations with agencies are relatively the same. Uh, I think that, you know, they're just, some of them are willing to have them face-to-face sitting, uh, you know, in an outdoor patio. And some of them are just the Zoom with very different background here in London. So uh, it, it, English is English, ad tech is ad tech. And, uh, you know, the challenges that we all face in terms of uh, partnership and in terms of growing this industry uh, are universal. Matt, you talk about the the challenges you face. Um, you're a Spurs fan. Um, oh, man. <laughs> how's that challenge going for you? <laughs> you know, I think uh, you, you never want to peak in the first game of the season, right? You know, uh, but I am a Spurs fan. Uh, I, I wear it proudly. Uh, I think we're, uh, we're we're lucky to have Harry Kane hanging around for uh, for the time being, and I think that uh, that guy who wears number seven. Uh, Mr. Sun is actually the most valuable guy in the Premier League. He just doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm as optimistic about uh, Spurs this season, hopefully making their way back into uh, Champions League football next year, as I am about, uh, you know, I think the industry figuring out how to solve this little cookie apocalypse that we're all, uh, we're all betting on oh, or waiting that for that's the first and best spurs to our tech segue we've ever had hey you know uh you, you guys you know there, there was no there was no prep work there right everything was on the fly this is uh we're an extra time here and uh you know it's all no 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 holds barred so you know we took the goalie out of the you know out from behind the posts and you know we brought him in for the corner kick and he heads it in off we go game set well, match 
I love sports chat, obviously, as you know. But, I'm, I'm <laughs> chat. but look, Matt, thank you so much for dropping in. It was great to see you and always great to chat to you. I hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate Cheers, it. Matt. Thank you, guys. Cheers. So that's it for another week, Andy. It is. Um, do you know what we're about to do now? It's Media Thursday. Do you know what we're about to do? What are we doing on Media We're going to go meet someone in a private members club to have a drink to talk about business. This is what you should do on Thursdays. Yeah. In the media. I mean, so that's what we did this morning. Oh, yeah. So this morning we met someone from New York in, in, in a bar for a chat. Yeah. And now we're going to go meet another person in a bar for a chat in Soho. This is just like the old days. It's like the old days, but slightly quiet. No, no, no. no. Okay. It's like the old days. Everyone... We're back. Media Thursdays are back. We're all back to normal. Thank you so much for listening and join us again next week as Andy and I chat to mystery guests and talk general rubbish about the industry. Hope you enjoyed it. Send us your uh, thoughts if you want to get involved. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye.